I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Happy Halloween to the Pool Sceners. It's Pool Scene Podcast Trick or Treat, our annual Halloween special. Unfortunately, I think many of you will think this week's movie is more of a trick than a treat. However, we will do our best to make the episode a treat. How about that? When I say we, of course, I mean myself, Kevin, and my candy corn loving co-host, Jim. Uh, happy, happy Halloween! For this year's Halloween special, we are talking 2020s. If you couldn't get the hint from Jim's Adam Sandler impression, it's 2020s. <laughs> Hubie Halloween. That's right. The comedic stylings of Adam Sandler meets Halloween. Would it have shocked you? Like, never seeing this. I thought his last name would have been Halloween because the way, once again, way he acts, it would have made sense if his last name was Halloween. He could have been Fatty McGee. He could have been the buffoon. The fucking water boy. Yeah. The director of Hubie Halloween, Stephen Brill, wrote some pool scene podcast favorites. Mighty Ducks 1, Mighty Ducks 2, Mighty Ducks 3, Ready to Rumble. Is 3 really a favorite? No. He directed Heavyweights, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Without a Paddle, Drill Bit Taylor, Movie 43, and three of the straight-to-Netflix Sandler movies, including this one, which... I think Jim's going to get into some of those Netflix movies here in a couple minutes. Jim and I have been talking for a while about covering a Sandler movie, but it's like, which one? So Yeah, there's a lot to... This seemed like the perfect uh, two birds, one stone. So we can do a Sandler movie, we can do a Halloween movie, and there you go. That's why we're doing this. So as I've went on record, though, on this podcast, I mostly like this one. You know what? It was surprisingly not that bad. I expected kind of a shittier you know, straight to DVD release. Even I was impressed somewhat by Kindergarten Cop 2 for the quality of the film and et cetera, et cetera. But you can tell Sandler and Netflix put some money behind this. Oh, for sure. And like, I will say there's some parts I have a problem with in in the way that I have problems with Adam Sandler movies, like grownups or whatever. But I will say if for nothing else, the theming, the Halloween eye candy, if there's a movie with a ton of Halloween decorations and costumes in the background, stuff like that, you know, I'm pretty much in. So definitely a number of groans produced in this one. Bad groans, not Halloween groans or sex groans. Yeah, we wish there were sex groans. Speaking of types of groans, Jim, provide us with any budget information for this straight to Netflix movie, along with number ones, what was happening at time of release. Kevin, this came out a little over a year ago, October 7th, 20. 
2020. And normally I would tell you about a budget, you know, box office, but this was a straight streaming deal in the middle of COVID. So what ended so, up- Actually, let me preface on that. Yeah. So remember when the Sony hack happened? Oh, big time, yeah. So all these leaked emails got out. Somebody hacked Sony. There were thousands of emails. A big part of that email chain had to do with- it was probably so damaging. Well, maybe it wasn't, but it's damaging to Sandler's ego because the, a lot of the emails literally were between studio heads saying like, Adam Sandler has no viability any longer. He's done. Like nobody wants to see him. He's out, like outstayed his welcome. So that's what ultimately led to the studios not buying his movies any longer. So Netflix was like, we always need content. We'll do it. Yeah, definitely. They'll throw that money at anything. And the funny thing about this is in college, I needed easy credits. I needed to get my A's. I needed to bump up my GPA. I took an Adam Sandler class. The professor took everything literal. Like my final term paper was, and I quote, the social relevance of Adam Sandler in modern day American society. I had to write seven pages on that. Crazy. You ever try to bullshit that many pages about how great Adam Sandler was? He was over the moon about Jack and Jill. He loved Jack and Jill. I think Jack and Jill uh. was... The point in which Adam Sandler started taking the nose down. I'd say Jack and Jill's. I w without, I haven't seen all the Netflix Sandler movies. Like there's a uh, a cruise, a murder mystery one with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. There is a Sandy Wexler. Yeah, that's well, it. Yeah. I don't know what that one is, but uh, I would say Jack and Jill's the worst yeah. that I've seen of all the Adam Sandler movies I've and, seen. And, and like I told you when we were out golfing before we did this, that I would have preferred Adam Sandler just uses Adam Sandler voice. Yeah. And you don't need to be the water boy again. No. Here's a little information about what happened with this and what was quite possibly his biggest payday ever. The Adam Sandler himself inked the $250 million deal with Netflix in 2014. So he was already ahead of the curve. Yeah. Way ahead of the curve. To produce six films for the streaming service through his company, Happy Madison. He then renewed the partnership in 2017, extended it again in 2020, Although the values were never talked about, the Netflix Sandler collaboration has resulted in such movies as The Ridiculous Six or Redick Six. Yeah. I think they should have named it that. The Do-Over, as you said, Sandy Wexler. The Week of and Murder Mystery. I don't with, think I've ever heard of The Week of. Neither have I. And the Murder Mystery one was the most popular movie on the platform for all of 2019. Wow. Shit. So he was of low standards. He was absolutely crazy. And when it came to the actual streaming of this, it was the top stream title in the first two weeks of its release. Ended up finishing third in its third weekend. And then over Halloween, it plummeted, finished sixth on the Halloween weekend. Really? Yeah. Which Seems like everybody would have watched it, saved yeah. it for Halloween. But then again, people are like, oh, it's a, probably a Jack and Jill type Halloween movie, which isn't really far off. So Kevin, normally 2020 news. Jesus, I wonder what happened. COVID. Trump election. There's your news. <laughs> it really is. But, Kevin, some cool things did happen when sports resumed. So, Stuart, what's up, buddy? Hey, Riffy Jr., waiting, waiting. Booyah! Hi again, Sports Center bringing it. Alongside Rich Eisen, I'm Stuart Scott. The Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James wins the NBA championship. It's the Kings' fourth title overall. What people would call the Mickey Mouse ring. Yeah. Because, because it was in the bubble at Disney. Yeah, it I was. I saw that, actually. I saw where that happened. The NBA did it smart. 
Yeah. They did it real smart with COVID. Any person, and they told you, you leave, you're you're done. And that happened quite a bit. And also, it was the season of Los Angeles. The Dodgers won the World Series last year as well in the resumption of play. It was one of these years that we will look back on forever, how everything just shut down. And Kevin, I mean, music sucked. So I don't even want to tell you the number one song because, quite frankly, don't really know what it is. So you don't know what it is. I didn't even look it up because I I didn't even care about the music. Yeah, so it's probably it's some uh, some jo- Tina Shea or jo- Jonas Brothers. Or something. <laughs> but here you go, Kevin. I will tell you the number one underrated Halloween song of all time, in my opinion. Alice Cooper, Man Behind the Mask. Oh. I thought you were going to say Teenage Frankenstein. No. But sure, yeah. But that's all that was going on, Kevin, and there was a lot going on October 7th, 2020. All right, let's groan into the plot. <sighs> Hubie Dubois is an, what do we want to call him? Odd, childlike, I'm not sure. Is he an idiot? That the first girl you ever talked to, Pubie? Hey, no, I uh, talked to my girlfriend all the time. I've never seen you with a girlfriend. She is a Canadian resident of Canada. Uh, Canada Dry region is what? What is he? Well, the town definitely treats him like the town idiot. Sure, and his mom is very like the water boy with a different mom who's not from Louisiana. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, he's if you've seen the water boy, he's basically a different water boy. So he works at a deli in Salem, Massachusetts. As Jim said, he's the joke of the town and everyone's in on it, including the cops and the father at the church. It's turned into tradition that everybody shits on him. Yeah. Hubie volunteers to monitor the city each year as the official Halloween helper. The day before Halloween, Hubie meets his odd new neighbor, Walter. And <laughs> looks like we're neighbors because I just moved in right there this morning. You moved here. I'm Walter Lambert. Hubie Dubois. It's a pleasure, Hubie. I tell you what. I'm going to invite you and mom over for dinner once I get my kitchen set up because I make the best chili east side of the Rockies. Ooh, my belly just said yes for the both of us. And your butt just made some room. Yeah, they must have <laughs> got loose anatomy with the landing. It's fine. It's natural. It is. Yeah. Thanks. Anyway, uh, you take care, Hubie, all right? Yeah. And uh, have a happy Halloween. There's also a rumor flying around about an escaped convict and childhood friend of Hubie named Richie Hartman. Next on Halloween, after Hubie tries to investigate strange activity coming from Walter's house, we get a recurring theme. The town tries to prank Hubie, and Hubie sees someone disappear while investigating. So this happens at a teenage Halloween party, and again at a, like a haunted house fun fair. And after he runs from the haunted house, he goes to the drive-in. He basically runs to the drive-in. Again, Hubie gets scared away from the drive-in somebody pranking him plus he's very suspicious of anything that could go wrong on halloween oh yeah he's afraid of decorations and it, stuff. the kevin james's character what is his name again i i would have to um sergeant steve downey okay so sergeant steve downey that used to be the king dingaling the number one guy out of high school and he still looks like the number one guy at high school he literally gave hubie like you know how little kids when they go on flights back in the days they would give him captain's wings he basically gave yeah. him a fucking captain's badge but he's like don't come in here leave whatever information in the garbage can yeah. near the police station yeah and uh so Hubie goes to the haunted house. He goes in the haunted house. They're trying to raise money. And basically we've got the clue sort of scene where everyone gathers and 
tries to determine what's happening and, and who's responsible. And everybody kind of points their fingers at Hubie and says, well, Hubie, you've been there Which every lo- time. logically makes sense. Yeah, every time somebody has disappeared, you've been there. So it must be you. So Hubie does the uh, Frankenstein trick. Yeah. And he, he learned from his mom. Yeah. And he runs away to the radio station where he's a frequent caller. Oh, love it. They think that Hubie's love interest, Violet, is responsible. But it actually turns out that it's not Violet who called the radio station. Not at all. It's a burner phone coming from Hubie's house. <gasps> So he rushes home thinking his mom's in danger to find out his mom's responsible. She's been doing this as revenge for people playing tricks on Hubie. It's she's a good mom. Yeah, that's happened in how many horror movies? A lot. It's a trope. Hubie, there's something wrong with your mom. Come on over here. Let me punch your mom in the face. I mean, your good news is you're still alive. Thanks, observation toolbox. Now get us out of this. I'm so sorry. I tried to explain to you already, Hubie. If you don't fight back, the bullies never stop. So oh, I had to fight back for you. Yes, Hubie. Oh my God, Hubie, that's gas. Yeah, so Hubie saves the Friday people. Friday the 13th. Yes, the Hubie saves the people that his mom has kidnapped, but then she does the Frankenstein trick and vanishes. <laughs> I wish she did a Frankensteiner. She does a Frankensteiner and then pins him. To the Aziz kid. Uh, one year later, Hubie is married to his love interest, and he's now not only a stepfather to her kids, yep. but he's the mayor of Salem, Massachusetts. I'm going to clean up Hill Valley. Yeah. Characters, Adam Sandler as Hubie Dubois, Kevin James, Sergeant Steve Downey, Julie Bowen as Violet Valentine. This is the fifth time an Adam Sandler movie has had a love interest with VV initials. You couldn't even figure out. There's no research why. It's just. It's weird. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's a standard, I guess. Veronica Vaughn in Billy Madison, Vir- Virginia Bennett in Happy Gilmore, Vicky Valancourt in Waterboy, Valerie Varon in Little Nicky, and then again, Violet so Valentine. So odd. Ray Liotta's in this one. Oh. Not doing a mob thing. But uh, a creep thing, a watch list. He's a real mean dude who uh, recently lost his dad. He tries to pick up a young girl. Rob Schneider is Richie Hartman, who again was childhood friend. June Squibb is Hubie's mom. Keenan Thompson's awesome in this. He is a police sergeant working under Steve Downey. Shaquille O'Neal is DJ Aurora. Steve Buscemi as Walter Lambert. Maya Rudolph as Mary Hennessy. Tim Meadows as Lester Hennessy. Tim Meadows. Uh, who else we got? We have a cameo at the very beginning with Ben Stiller reprising his role from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, we have Michael Chiklis as Father Dave. Love Chiklis. George Wallace, who's great. Smell my feet. Yeah. As Mayor Benson. <laughs> Colin Quinn's a janitor in here somewhere. A lot of SNL Mikey greats. D- yeah, Mikey Day's in there. Jim mentioned Ben Stiller actually plays the same character he played in Happy Gilmore. And the one guy with the axe in his head and the, what was it? Mikey Day. That is Mikey Day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Melissa Villasenor, who's from SNL. Super small cameo, yeah. which she she's plays amazing. Karen, the cat lady. Uh, anybody else we want to mention? I know that there's uh, there's a lot of like cool costumes in the background. Oh, the kid from Stranger Things is in it too. Is he? Yeah, uh, Noah, he plays, what's- uh, He does. Yeah, what's uh, Julie Bowen's character's name again? Um, I almost said, Vi- is it Violet? Vicky Valentine? I don't yeah. know. No, not Vicky. Um, God damn, it's all these Vs. I'm so confused. Virginia Bennett from- Vi- Vi- It is Violet Valentine. It is. Yeah, that's her son. She, he played, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did Sam he? from Stranger Things. Yep. So, which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? I know, Kevin, you might dispute me for saying this, but I'm going with- Shaquille 
Neil O'Neill. No. QB Dubois. I recognize that voice anywhere. You look exactly how I pictured you. To be honest with you, you uh, don't look like the way I was picturing you. I guess my radio voice throws people off sometimes. Why I love it. Because it's willing to smash a club sandwich between him and that woman. It's, it's a lady in the tramp moment for deli lovers everywhere. Yeah. But why I like it is throughout the whole time, before you know Shaquille O'Neal, who has a female's voice, and speaking of Halloween, it's kind of a horror type movie horror type movie not a horror movie his dj character is a nice callback to lynn thigpen's character from the warriors the warriors better watch out as they head back towards the coney and watch out for those baseball furies and then he reveals no that's just my radio voice and then is it his wife is it supposed to be his wife i don't girlfriend yeah it's one or the other a very raspy voice and then hubie goes what you with your voice you change your voice that is my voice so it's pretty bad yeah i i like uh you hate that scene though that's probably your worst scene of the movie is i like violet's daughter i think her name's cookie she's really cool i like who is like thinks hubie's cool she's wise beyond her years yeah and she's also very matter of fact that man on the radio sounds like the guy who talked to us in the cafeteria today. Oh, did you get a Hubie Dubois Halloween safety talk? I think so. Is he a good guy? Because the whole school is throwing food and sharp objects at him. Hubie Dubois is probably the nicest guy in this town. Do you like him? No, he's, you know, it's just, he's the nicest. You said this already. Uh, well, take it from me. Nice matters. And whenever all her friends are like, that guy's weird. And she salutes him. Yeah. But for now, let's find out which scenes made a splash, a spooky splash into the lagoon. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. First now, not really a scene, but I want to mention a big part of this movie is that Hubie has a Swiss army thermos. He says he made it back in Cub Scout. It is the weirdest fucking thing. It goes well beyond dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. It's a vacuum. He keeps soup in it. It's a telescope, a drill, a megaphone. Is it fueled by soup like a Mr. Fusion on the DeLorean? A grappling hook. It's at the end, he makes his stepson and the barista girl their own thermoses. The one's a hairdryer and the other one shoots a fucking flare. Yeah. And it's like, why is this like, whose idea was like, we're going to give them a thermos with like magic power. It's like a spawn cape. It seems straight up an Adam Sandler idea to me. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that before we get into scenes. Jim, why don't you go ahead and give us your first best scene or favorite scene? I'm going to throw it out there because it's so damn weird. Ray Liotta hitting on the one high school girl outside of the haunted house. Wait a second. Are you hitting on me? Because if so, that is incredibly sick. We're having a conversation. Mm -hmm, But she's like three (laughs) times my age. Okay, thrice. I was born around the same time you had your first heart bypass. (laughs) to protect me from this weird old man that's trying to hit on me where she literally calls him out yeah you know how old i am right yeah that's he, he doesn't care so that's uh china and mclean i think's her name she is uma in the disney descendants franchise and uh i didn't i didn't put two and two together she's also in the grown-ups movies or at least the second one okay so i didn't recognize her but it's funny because yeah ray liotta like was like well my dad died or whatever and then he's hitting on her and she's like i'm your creep like but it doesn't seem to stop him from wanting to try to bang her yeah 
It's and a it, weird scene for a Sandler movie. And then once again, it goes back to, it seems to be the town tradition. Like, Hubie's in a fucked up situation. Oh, I gotta go fuck with him. Yeah. What the fuck? I have, this is just like a throwaway scene, but it's so funny to me. So the farmer who calls the police to investigate his dead pig. And I was going to take poor Peanut to the Halloween carnival tonight for the petting zoo. But what kid want to pet a pig that looks like that? Did you hear anything or see anything unusual last night? Well, I woke up because the animal sounded agitated. And then I heard poor Peanut make a god-awful squeal. Squeal! Squeal! Squeal like he was calling for his daddy. You know what I think done it? A werewolf. Think you've been watching too many scary movies, Louise. And I think you've been eating too many of your own boogers, Dan. Oh, at least my mama don't stink the toilet up so bad we gotta get rid of the shower curtain. It turns into an argument between that guy and his wife, and he says the line, At least my mama didn't stink up the toilet so bad we had to throw out the shower curtain. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just... So specific and <laughs> funny. Uh, and it, it's funny because it turns out it's been Humi's mom this whole time that's responsible. Yeah. So the cops are having a discussion at the very end of the movie and said, well, it's a shame she had to kill that pig. And then you find out it's Walter who's like, actually, that was that was me. Because there have been all these scenes compiling. And that's my next one. My favorite thing in this movie, my flat out favorite part of this movie the day before Halloween, Hubie meets his neighbor, yeah, Walter. And Walter, you know, they have a nice conversation. At first, he's like, yeah, good guy. Yeah, good guy. And Walter tells Hubie, says, hey, if you hear some strange noises coming from my house, ignore it. It's it's nothing. It's fine. Reminds me of a Klopek situation yeah, from the Burbs. It's fine. Nothing to worry about. So then Hubie catches Walter boarding up his windows and door and yep. garage door. And then somebody tells Hubie, I think tips him off to go to Walter's house. And he goes in, he finds Walter in the basement, like howling at the moon. Hey! Mr. Lambert, I know you said if there was a commotion, I should ignore it. But there was a commotion and I did not ignore it. I'm sorry. Were those your feces on the newspaper, Mr. Lambert? And Hubie is full-on convinced that Walter is a werewolf. werewolf. So when Hubie goes to the haunted house, (laughs) he sees a Siberian husky who he's convinced is Walter's final form. And he's talking to him like a human. Yes, and and the husky takes a shit. (laughs) And he says, I I wish you wouldn't do that in front of me. Oh, you're eating it. (laughs) And... uh, so he's convinced the the husky is Walter final form, but the 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 icing on the cake with Walter is Richie Hartman, the escaped convict, has escaped to go retrieve Walter, yeah. who's not a werewolf, not at all, who is escaped like he's a fake werewolf pa- yeah. patient. So Richie is going to retrieve him, and while they're having the standoff at the end with Hubie's mom, you have Walter the fake werewolf and Richie Hartman holding finger guns with the police and all their lines are just so fantastic. My brother-in-law once said that I had no ambition and then he bit me and I became a werewolf. Steve Buscemi as Walter is awesome. He's very underrated. He's really funny with all his like werewolf lines and he he talks about like my uncle bit me so I'm a werewolf and it's so funny. Well it's like that scene where he understands like you know Hubie had that big spill on his bike yeah and he's like here you want me to drive you home he's very welcoming he's like no I live there with all the Halloween shit in the front 
he farts. Yeah. He's like, that's okay. That's natural. Yeah. That's not. And he smells it. It's like, whatever. I love Buscemi. So my next one, I love, first of all, real quick before I go any further, shout out to the O'Doyles are back in this movie because yeah. you get like three or four O'Doyle references. I love it at the very end. Hey, Hubie. You're the man. Thanks. I learned it all from my mother who's right behind you. <gasps> that's you, O'Doyle. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Where it looks like the O'Doyles are going to make fun. But they're like, yeah, we so, love you, Hubie. Yeah. So at the beginning, of, this is a callback to the beginning of the movie. Beginning of the movie, you see Hubie ride his bike down the the main street where all the Halloween stuffs happen. And random shit just gets thrown People at him just throughout throw the movie. Everything. TVs and Every shit. Every time Hubie's on a bike, there's stuff getting thrown at him. So the Doyle kids throw eggs at him, chase him. Throw back to Billy which Madison. Is how he uh, how he flips on his bike. So then at the end of the movie, in the final scene, you're waiting for it. Yeah. And Hubie's riding his bike. And the kids say, yeah, hey, Hubie, you're the man. And he goes, he says something and he's like, my mom taught me. And they're like, he scares them yeah. with the threat of his mom being behind them. Yeah, but it's the fact at the end that the O'Doyles actually love him, that he's the mayor and everybody loves Hubie. That yeah. was my one. I don't have much else, you know, to mention in the way of scenes. I will say maybe when Hubie volunteers to speak at the elementary school yeah. about Halloween safety, you get Dan Patrick, who makes a cameo in most Adam Sandler movies. We have a special presentation today in lieu of recess. Here again to talk about Halloween safety is Salem's official volunteer, Halloween helper, Hubert Dubois. And Hubie starts to try to tell the kids how to be safe on Halloween. And then he gets scared shitless by a kid dressed as a zombie. <laughs> That's the thing. The, the running thing throughout this whole movie is they love fucking because it's easy to scare. Like the kid who works with them at the deli who well, I have to talk about him and logic because I have a big logic issue with him. He even say, hey, you're going to fuck with him. He's easy to scare. He's very easy to scare. Yeah. You see all the pranks that this kid does to him in the deli. None of them are believable at all. None of them believable. But he falls for it. His mom, like confessing to him in the end, yeah. as they're all tied to the stake, he's going to. She wants to burn them at the stake and she goes through this long like diatribe why she has to do what she wants to do. So I totally understand why she wants to stand up to Hubie or stand up for Hubie because he just doesn't have the audacity to stand up for himself because he's such a kind hearted guy. I believe that she's justified in trying to, you know, defend her son's honor and I love it and go figure Hubie ends up saving all of them by flinging soup out of his fucking Swiss army thermos. Yep. Yeah. Which looks like a snot rocket yeah, more than anything. Yeah, she's put gasoline all over them. She lights the match and throws the match. But even with them all tied up, they still call them. Well, throughout the whole movie, the joke is they call him Puby. Yeah. It's always Puby. And when they have the one kid, Mike, yeah. Mike always calls him Puby. And when he's tied to the stake, he's like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's something I, I'm used to. That scene kind of bothers me. Yeah. Because they all have to give him, and, and the mom makes a note of that. They all have to give him a backhanded compliment, even after he saves their lives. Yeah. Thanks, Puby. Oh, you, you can't even thank him without insulting him. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Puby. It just came out. Could it be because you feel threatened? The kid still calls him Puby and is like, well, I'm sorry. I and didn't then, mean to. It's just what it is. And then my Rudolph's like, I have never felt sexually fulfilled. But. Oh, shut up, Lester. You're usually there. You know it's true. I'm guessing Puby hasn't had a lot of sex. No, man. Hasn't had any sex. Hubie's never even had sex. Like, yeah. her whole thing's about sex. It's always about sex. And Ray Liotta's like, I'm dumb. I was diagnosed with dyslexia in the eighth grade. I faked it for the doctors. But I'm really just 
dumb. And he's like, and Hubie uses big words. So that's why I don't like him. Yeah, but I do love Maya Rudolph and uh, Tim Meadows. Yeah. Even is Tim Meadows supposed to be a headless prince? Because he looks, he like, looks prince. like Prince. <laughs> which headless. he's prince in Grown Ups. He wears a prince costume. So it's probably a callback to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I'll mention here, because I don't know where else to mention it. So do you see a news anchor who's there? She was fired in real life because she's a real news anchor. Welcome back. You're watching Wake Up Boston, and it's October 31st, which is a special day across the country, but most especially in Salem, America's unofficial Halloween capital. And it's going to be a great day in Salem. Right, Jenna Thomas? For appearing in this movie, because in her contract, she's not allowed. Oh. Yeah, the station fired her for doing this movie, which I would imagine she got another job uh, yeah. pretty easily. And she probably made as much for appearing in this movie as she did oh, that's the, ridiculous. Entire ye- uh, the, in the entire year. Yeah, and an she got more notoriety for this. Let's move on to Spooky Pool Check. Get out of the pool, Undertaker. The water's scary. This week... We don't fish out the dead bodies. We just leave them in there. Leave them in there. Fester. Leave them in the pool. It's our Halloween special around here. We got the spooky sound effects and it's eerie. It's orange in our studio. I don't know if Jim posted a picture. We got the orange lights on. We got our our pool scene podcast sign illuminated orange. We do have our McDonald's Happy Meal pails. We got the whole smash here. Yeah. Not a fucking McPizza box. No. But we will one day. McSpooky Pizza. Fucking white ghost sauce. (laughs) <laughs> and pumpkin I, white ghost sauce I just think of Randy from South Park oh white ghost sauce it's, and it's ectoplasm and, pu- and pumpkin seeds hell yeah uh, that'd be fucking we delicious. could have been basic white girls and had pumpkin spice lattes so we we're gonna this. do 2021 Halloween costume ideas I, I think we've moved beyond going as a COVID cell or as a COVID as a fucking COVID who the, fuck, who the uh, fucking dressed up as COVID somebody did you know it 2021 Halloween costume ideas. Jim, give us your number five. Okay. Being a wrestling fan, and as a lot of you know, that AEW had a lot of returning guys that used to be in the WWE. So my number five, kind of simple, CM Punk. All right. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. The straight edge superstar from Chicago. You all know who CM Punk is. So I think that's a great, easy Halloween costume. I also went wrestling with number five. But you'll notice a theme with my picks. You'll get it pretty quick. Okay. My number five, Jimmy King, Ready to Rumble. Oh. Which we covered season one, episode five. Shout out to Tunza and or AKA Scott Koontz. Yeah. Pretty easy costume. Yeah. You know, Jimmy King wears like black with a crown. I will rule you. Yeah, I will rule you. Pretty easy. So Jimmy King, number five. So he's been in the news recently. So we're going to have a throwback costume. Throwback to 2004, even though the guy is living in 1974. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Hell yeah, that's a great costume. Let's do it for Dog the Bounty Hunter looking for Brian Laundry, which I'm thinking Dog is kind of gone beyond his years. Rest in peace, Beth. He went home because he sprained his ankle. Did he really? Yeah. Because I was like, you haven't found this fucking guy He sprained yet? his ankle, he went home, and uh, the lawyers are all pissed because like the lawyers from both sides were like, why the fuck did Dog come? Like he just He's got a ton of other guys. He's got Leland Chapman, Duck I Bebon. I mean, he's got them all. 
Want a cigarette, brother? You want you? That's he, part of the cost, too. He's gonna eat a cigarette. Just gives him a ci- what, cigarette. You have to pass out cigarettes to everybody. You murder twenty five people. Hey, you want a cigarette, brother? Uh, my number four, season three, episode eight, Buckaroo Banzai. Nice. You've got that's a great costume, and we actually covered also covered Ready Player One. That's right. He when he goes to the um, distracted globe, I think it's called, he dresses as Buckaroo Bonsai, which is fantastic, except if I went as Buckaroo Bonsai, I don't have enough friends. I need the Hong Kong Cavaliers. I would love the Hong Kong Cavaliers. Yeah, I need the I need the crew. If there isn't a, like, Asian basketball team based out of Hong Kong, oh. not called the Cavaliers, there's yeah. something fucking wrong. What's the other one? The uh, Blue Blaze Regulars. Yes, the Blue Blaze. Those are his, yeah. his pool sceners. Yeah, so I will. either need the Hong Kong Cavaliers or... The Blue Blazer Regulars. Yes. Or the girl who's going to kill herself in a Penny. concert. Penny. Good old Penny. Yeah. So I'm going to go off the rails here, Kevin. We're going to get fucking nuts. My number three, Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Just gonna shit his pants again on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, explain to us. He has a big head. Okay. And he's Willy Wonka. So you just look like a big bobblehead freak show. Yeah. <laughs> like a big paper mache head, 10 feet tall. He can't fit in a Wonka Vader. <laughs> so, well, then again, it's Charlie Buckets throwing back to when we did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's Charlie's factory now. So thus far, we've done all costumes directed towards men. I mean, I yes. guess a, a girl could be Willy Wonka or Very whatever. So. so for the ladies, Billie Jean from Legend of Billie Jean. Oh, fair and is fair. no, it's not too much to get an extreme haircut just for your Halloween costume. Viewer's Choice episode back towards the end of season two. So I say, Legend of Billie, do it. Oh, my be God. Be Billie Jean. That'd be fucking... Riding was, on a scooter. I really wonder, though, and not that I don't think either of us have done like research on that. I wonder when that movie came out, if anybody... Was like let's do Billy Jean this year because you've never really seen I, it. I, I it's like when I did Jack Slater that one it's year. Back when people wore fucking plastic masks and a fucking plastic apron. Still costume. smell it though. Yeah. So my next one, and this is kind of a a cheap way out. You know, Squid Game is going to be the, oh, the yeah. number one. But throw back to I think a movie we're going to eventually do, and it harkens back. It, it kind of Squid Game takes a lot from it. Not Battle Royale. Ben Richards in the Running Man. Yeah. I think that's a perfect outfit. Yep. Adidas jumpsuit. Yep. Go through the different game zones and stick at the Killian. Number two for me, I, I've said it before on the podcast, the coolest looking character ever put on film. Timelessly cool. Season four, episode nine, David Powers in the Lost Boys. <sighs> Kiefer Sutherland, bleach blonde mullet, dangly earring, vampire teeth, black duster, like, you know, trench coat. Just so fucking rad. That is pretty sweet. I lo- like lost, get a whole gang goes the Lost Boys. David Powers, fucking awesome. And, and the, shout out to Shane Herman, who that's, oh. that's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Shane from the Youngstown Comedy Syndicate, uh, the art aficionado of the Lost Boys. He came here with merchandise. Brought, yes, I loved it. I, I was so impressed that Shane showed up. He had a script. He had, like, I think he brought a pop figure, like a He a did an amazing impression of the grandpa. Yeah. Which was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. It's it was Shane can come back anytime and he is coming back this season. For Salad Sunday. Yeah. I can't wait to see you eat that. And you will see it on YouTube on American Zennial. So my number one, Kevin. I also went with the Lost Boys too, but I went with the man, the myth, the legend. 
Tim Hell Capello, yes. the sax man. I love it. The, the scene that makes absolutely no sense, but is absolutely perfect for that movie. Shout out to Corey Clubs, tattoo artist. He's doing some um, some Panther Flash, some old school traditional Panther Flash that's horror themed, and he has a Tim. It's a, a Panther with a blonde like the blonde ponytail and a saxophone it's a tim capello traditional panther isn't he coming back around again i hope so dude if it. he's fucking going on there we have to get a bump from tim capello i thought he was staying here at your house i will fucking i will house tim capello I will fuck him i okay i'll film uh, it youtube <laughs> great anything for the show my number one david mccall fierce uh we did season two episode four so bonus you go shirtless you get a Nicole forever, forever with smeared ink on your chest. You just go around pounding your chest the whole time. And, and then uh, you, you find a kid named Gary and you kill him in the woods. You kill him. Just hey. throw him. Hey. And not to be like some walk. You finger your girlfriend on a roller coaster or boyfriend. You, uh, yeah, you just get fucking crazy. Way better than the Rolling Stones. David version. McCall costume. Great. Start growing your hair. Hopefully your hair is long enough. As to- I have rocked my Wahlburgers hat when yeah. I golf today. So shout out to the man, the myth, the legend that is on the lifeguard wall, Marcus Wahlberg Jr. Okay. Honorable mentions based on other episodes we've done. All right. Karate Kid, a okay. Ghostbuster. Okay. Linkovich Chomosky. <laughs> Captain Ron. Rodrigo. Zach Morris. Asshole. Joey Ramone. I did have Willy Wonka. But, oh, fuck him. But not with a giant head. And uh, I would say two different versions of a group costume. So you could go as, can't hardly wait. Press, oh. Preston, just gr- grab the most random clothes you have and put them together. Can we get a random guy as Kurt Vonnegut? You get Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> uh, you get Jennifer Love Hewitt. You just make your hair too big. Oh, my big. God. You need a Kenny Fisher. You need Kenny Fisher and Denise Fleming. Oh, God. Is it a tampon? Mike Dexter. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you get the whole gang. Or you could go cheap, buy yourself some Love Burger t-shirts. Well One done. of you gets a cowboy hat. You're a Love Burger. Oh, it's perfect. All right. Let's get back. Uh, hopefully, we've had enough candy corn hot dogs and enough. You uh, know I'd eat eight of those motherfuckers. Yeah, and enough uh, nachos and marshmallow dip. I don't, what the fuck kind of concessions would you do at a it's spooky th- pool? First off, if the pool is still open at this time of year, you're a fucking nutter. All right. Well, we live in Ohio. Yeah. Well, but if you live anywhere else, in if you the live south north of the Mason Dixon line. Yes. But yeah, I'm thinking swimming pool lit up with orange lights. It looks perfect. like orange water. You got fucking some Jaws shit. I don't know what. Like <laughs> Jaws shit. Jaws 3D shit. And then, uh, but the snacks would be all crazy, like a corn dog with fucking blood all over it. <laughs> Bloody corn that's, dog. that's what it says on the menu. Corn dog with blood all over it. It's just ketchup. Yeah. Just ketchup that they smear on it. But we're too cheap. Um, it has to be cats up. Yeah, cats Hunts. up. All right. Get at me on Twitter. Cats up savage because ketchup was taken. Nice segue. All right. Let's get back in the spooky pool. Oh, my God. Kevin. Kevin. No. Ah! Critical question for our Halloween special. Your best Halloween costume and, if unrelated, best Halloween memory. Okay, so my best Halloween costume would probably have to be when you lived at the apartment. 
Before the girls, when you were with Dana, well, still with Dana, when I dressed as Lloyd Dobler from Say Anything. Yeah, that was really good. I try to get it as close as humanly possible. I got a Coors Light shirt in which Sharpie, I wrote, I forget what I wrote on the bottom of it to match his shirt. <laughs> yeah. That was the night I drank the Incredible Hulk. That was the night my ex-girlfriend yelled at me in the car on the way home not to puke. I, I dressed as Doug from Nickelodeon's, right? Dana dressed as Patty Mayonnaise. You gave me a Stone Cold Stunner. I gave everyone a Stone Cold Stunner. Our neighbor, Tic Tac. <laughs> she had a vanity license plate that said Tic Tac. She had a Volkswagen Beetle. She came up to our apartment and was like, what the fuck, guys? Like, I don't know what she said, but uh, I was like, no, I got a stone. I wish I would have stunned her, too. That was a good one. I remember being in 1990, I dressed as the ultimate warrior that for rules. school. That My mom rules. made like a mask, like it, a felt see, mask. See, that's where I'm going is... Um, I don't know how they did things at Howland, but at Niles, we used Halloween parade. We had so that too. You'd halfway through your day, you'd put on your Halloween costume. They'd literally per, like parade you the entire perimeter of school around the field. The yep. parents would come take pictures. But I can remember one year, I can remember being Jason Voorhees before I was like, too, I was too young to know what Jason Voorhees was, but I wore the fucking, I had a machete and a fucking, I didn't yeah. think I could do that now. But uh, the year I definitely think I did the best. I don't know why I did this. I wore a suit and a monkey mask and close but, enough. But yeah, and uh, I was like a business monkey. But then it's funny because I grew up to be a fucking business monkey. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I, yeah, it's like uh, some sort of commentary on going to work in an office. I there guess. is a picture of me because I can recall it. I don't know where it is. I'll have to find it. And once if I find it, I'll post it on our Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. It was, I went to H.C. Mines Elementary School. It was 1991. I remember my buddy dressed as George Bush, George H.W. Bush, because he had wow. a- bush quail sign you bring a scud and right in front of right in front of it was me dressed up as mario lemieux <laughs> yes and it wasn't even a good it was one of those cheap like generic hockey jerseys that it had like the word penguins on it, it had nice. the the 90s penguin on it but yeah. i was mario like jc penny catalog here's the thing i used to have so many like street hockey sticks i had the street hockey goal never learned how to fucking skate whatsoever yeah. so i literally ran in my driveway with my jordans i uh i will say so we were like 15 years old maybe even 16 and our friends so jamie grant shout out jamie slept in your car bachelor party bill rest in peace our friend bill and our friend ryan were supposed to go as an ice cream sunday ryan no showed so they jamie's mom made the costumes they were like three balls of ice cream it was ice cream sunday stupid since ryan didn't show up there are only two of them so at every door that they would go to they like the people just filled in what they thought they were oh she's like oh you're turkeys <laughs> and then it was like oh you're a nice he's like you're mashed potatoes how funny and uh somebody was like what are you and jb was like big pun <laughs> and uh <laughs> but it was just super stupid and funny and uh my, i think I was, uh, I dated a girl named Amanda and I think at the time, I think we just like wore our clothes and like smeared some shit on our face nice. and like, that was a costume. <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, anyway, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to logic. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. There's still time. Get your David McCall Halloween costume, boys or girls. Logic for Hubie Halloween. So first, I will go and I will say they give you a couple lines in this movie to make you believe that Hubie's dad was abusive. Well, who was it chased you around the yard with a tennis racket? That was dad. God rest his soul. It does come across like that, yes. And I kind of wish they had went into that th further because it could explain Hubie, the water boy, pee in his bed sheets, 
You know, because uh, there's the scene where they have their laundry out. And, and there's piss And Walter's names. like, cool ghost. And he's like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he mentions his dad a few times. And I think the fact that they mentioned it yeah. makes me think they should have filled it in more. Because they treated it as these throwaway lines, but it could have helped explain and made more of a, a given it more depth to I, why Hubie is this way. I really wonder if it initially was there, but then they're like, oh, this just took a serious turn. Maybe yeah, yeah maybe. Because it. it's just, a, it's such a weird But then movie. why mention it at all? Why not just say dad's dead? They should have just, I think they should have went that route yeah. with it. It's like, why well, think about it? I have one, the one big one that I cannot swallow for one second. Mike, the one kid, he's a senior. Yeah. Who seems to be the leader of the high school kids treating Hubie like absolute dog Dresses shit. as Freddie Mercury. Dresses as Freddie Mercury. How is this kid, A, a senior? Because the kid from Stranger Things, Noah, freshman. his real name, Noah. Yeah, freshman. Yeah. Looks older than him. Yeah. For some reason, this kid is the popular kid. It is like the opposite trope of, I mean, look at just one of the guys. Some of the movies we've even covered. The senior, the typical bully senior. This guy's the polar opposite of. Like I said earlier, he literally is almost like Aziz Ansari, but he's like the popular kid who does all this bullying shit. Yeah, it's, I mean, times have changed. Like you watch uh, like 21 Jump Street, you know, they're, it's, they, they turn the whole thing on its, on its head. There's, the bullies are different now. They don't play football. They are environmentalists and stuff. Also, one other logic thing real quick. When they are captured, like you see Mike get captured in the cornfield. What the fuck is that? Is that some sort of goddamn bungee cord device? You don't really hear yeah, anything about right. it. That his mom. No, she just like launches them back. It's like uh, American be- Gladiator or uh, Guts. Yes. It's like Guts when they try and dunk the basketballs and they get yanked back. Take it to the leaderboard, Mo. But it makes no sense. They don't go into it. They uh, should be dead. All right. So I have three left. Do you want, what do you want first? Small, medium, large. Give me medium. Medium. Why would Violet like Hubie? It makes no sense. She's so horny for Hubie. She's the entire movie, every one of her scenes, she is begging Hubie. I just want to tell you that I have been in love with you since second grade. What? I've been in love with you since the first grade. What took you so long? Kevin, she makes out with her own television in front of her own children. Yes, she begs hubie to just ask her out and do the right thing now this is not to sound sexist it's not to sound as if she's the the queen shit of everything but from what we see in this movie she is the most attractive girl in salem massachusetts officer steve or sergeant steve was the popular jaw quarterback yep. she she was married to and dated steve yeah so she is the ultimate yeah and but she just she's liked hubie since first grade so he odd. liked her since second grade and she asks why and it's because he had a crush on his teacher and she's like he was she was 70 and he's like i like the way she smelled oh it's weird yeah uh number two so me or uh we went for medium yeah so let's do small okay violet's freshman son so the stranger things kid he goes to the coffee shop. So he has a crush on the barista. Yeah, big time. So he orders a black coffee. His sister says, you don't want a hot chocolate? He says, no, I don't drink those anymore. And the sister says, 
You had one this morning. So he's buying. So before, like, did he go in there to buy a black coffee? Did he go in there to buy his second hot chocolate of the day? Because what I'm questioning is buying two hot chocolates in one day, a weird behavior hmm. or no. Cause like, well, I have one hot chocolate a year. Maybe I don't have any basically period. Cause I don't know how to drink anything hot without burning my tongue. Okay. So I might have one hot chocolate a year. This kid's buying two in one day. I guess he, if he goes in there to order a black coffee, I don't even know why for a barista in modern times, if a guy just goes black coffee, she's like, he's on there. Interesting. He's yeah. a boring dude. Now, if he would have said, give me a venti frap mochaccino with caramel and French vanilla light on the whip, she would be like, oh my God. I want fucking, I want a fucking, I want, I want fucking cream. I want, give me all the fucking cream and give me extra espresso and a fucking wrench in it. <laughs> Stir it with a wrench. That's the most manly drink you have. I want it so hot it fucking burns through the cup. Uh, yeah, I just, the whole scene is, is just, I, I get that they had to do this like meet cute or introduce this character to him. And he wanted, he, they wrote it. So he looked tough in front of her. Yeah. I just question like, okay, did he go in there wanting a second hot chocolate of the day or, and he was it's, like black coffee. And then the other girl even says black coffee for the totally macho kid or whatever. It's as bad as when George McFly goes into the diner and he tells Lou milk yeah. chocolate. It's uh, all the Pepsi free. Yeah. Pepsi free. You're going to pay for, for it, pal. On uh, the tab. And then finally, my biggest logic issue Here in we this go. movie. How does Hubie become mayor? There's no fucking sense as I, to why. So it is October 31st when we get the majority of this movie. It's October 31st. Then we get a fade to black. And then one year later, Hubie is married, has adopted the three children of Violet, and he is now the mayor. How does Hubie run an election? When is the mayor elect election? It had to have been... Because there's either like March spring elections or November fall. So he would have had to it have, couldn't have been November because it would have been. So, so he, it had to have been March. So somehow he runs a in successful campaign four months in four months and gets elected. I would think that I, I just how did he sway all these votes is because. And OK, there's a logic issue, too. The fucking news shows up. This has been a magical night in Salem, Massachusetts. When it's live, Hubie's mom has these people kidnapped and they're diffusing the whole situation and people see Hubie. So like, okay, we saw Hubie save the day on live on the news. It looked like he was going to go full heel turn. Yes, he kind of did. Yeah. And uh, so just the whole, how did he become mayor in such a short amount of time? I would think that Salem has probably a large population. I would hope a so. A pretty large population. I would hope so. I mean, but the movie is presented to us as very insulated. You know, there's not a lot of like, we see the same people. It's here's, just weird. Here's the thing I don't get to. It couldn't have been from him saving Ray Liotta, Tim Meadows, Maya Rudolph, and Mike. The event alone, even though it was on live TV, couldn't have sparked such a movement yes. in which they're like, you know what? That's why right, he could be mayor. And there was no talk that George Wallace, the mayor himself, right. was, was going to step no. down. Smell my feet. Yeah. I have so many. He so many didn't need to be mayor. Other things that spawn from this because. Hubie, at, when he's married with the adopted kids, he's not living in his house, his no. mom's house. I don't know if that's her house or I don't know if that's a new house, but what happens to her house? Because she never comes back. No. 
So her house just gets... Unless he inherited it? I, I don't know. I mean, they set this up to where there could be a Hubie Halloween 2, which I would be on board for. Yeah. And that's a perfect uh, opportunity to move to Legacy. I would say for Legacy, this is a, a little bit of a return to classic Sandler. I wouldn't put it up there with Waterboy or no. Billy I mean, Madison. There, there are Waterboy tropes, though. Yeah, but it's it's better than... The last several years of Sandler. I would agree. And I love the Halloween stuff, so it's... But Legacy, it's it's too soon to tell. It's from... Tw- it's a year old. Yeah. I mean, I've watched it. I watched it a bunch of times last year. I'll probably watch it again this year. Just because I, I like... You know, it's something I can put on in the background when the kids are awake. And it's not fucking somebody getting stabbed in the head or something. Exactly. So, no, not much of a Legacy. Stick around for some plugs. <laughs> They're squirmy and wormy and purple and green. The grossest little creatures that you've ever seen. Creepy claws. Fill the monster mold with the colored plastic goop. And make a creepy crawler from a yucky monster soup. They're ucky, yucky, squirmy, wormy, very scary, sometimes hairy, squiggly, wiggly, creepy crawling. Creepy claws. Gross out your sister. Embarrass your dad. You can be a little creep without being bad. Creepy crawlers workshop with plastic goop. Pool Sceners, as always, thank you for listening to the episode this week right here on the Pool Scene Podcast. And if you want to know what's going to be coming up on future episodes or what Kevin and I may be thinking at any given time, hop over to our Facebook page at Pool Scene Podcast. Make sure you smash that like button with unbridled enthusiasm. And while you are there, join the Pool Sceners Facebook group. It is for you. Exclusive access will be put right on onto that group page and nowhere else you will also have a voice in what you guys want to hear on upcoming episodes polls ideas so many fun things so make sure you join the pool seniors page on facebook also we have instagram check out some amazing photos live from studio 536 also we're trendy with the kids go over to our tiktok at pool scene pod one and as always subscribe rate and follow apple Podcasts, spotify podbean and with that back to kevin it's time for the final lap All right, so something I wanted to talk about, and I want to gauge your reaction, Jim. All right. So original rejected titles for a handful of movies. I want you to tell me if any of these would have worked, if any of them would have been better than the original title. All right, let's go. So just like I said, maybe 10 of them. I don't even know if I have that many. Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta, who was in Pulp Fiction, our season premiere. Shout out to the Bee Gees. Saturday Night Fever was originally called The Tribal Rights of New Saturday Night. Tribal? Tribal rights of New Saturday Night. American Indian? Like what it, is New Saturday Night? I don't want... Apparently, it's a Better Friday Night. I don't know, but tribal. Tribal rights Are they going to wear like loincloths and slap their dicks on it's people? When tribal tattoos. Disco? I, I don't know what that one was. Horrible. Saturday Night Fever, great. Perfect. Perfect. Cuts to the point. Back to the Future 2 was called Just paradox no there was back to the future and its sequel paradox so paradox oh it's not just paradox it's just paradox it's paradox no because it sounds like a shitty sci-fi movie yeah so paradox christopher lambert would have been 
Back to the Future 2 and 3 were kind of like in one script. Yeah, they filmed them back to back. But they, well, they were written differently. Yeah. Where they were going to basically combine the ideas of 2 and 3 into one movie called Paradox. But then somewhere in the scripting process, they said, you know what? This needs to be two separate movies. Yeah. And then they couldn't have Back to the Future, Paradox... (laughs) Back to the Future Paradox 3. You know what I mean? Or they go to Return to the Future. Return to Paradox. So Revenge of the Nerds 3. That one sucked. Pretty Woman was called 3000. What? (laughs) 3000. Is that a fucking baseball movie starring, almost said Bernie Casey, Bernie Mac? (laughs) It was the, uh, so one of our uh, friends, Brian Johnson, used to get a kick out of well, I took a film class in college and we had to do a me- mechanical distortions, a film project where we had to give a presentation about a mechanical distortion. And I was so punk. I did SLC punk, obviously. Nice. This girl in my class had done Mr. 3000 starring Bernie Mac. Oh. The problem, it wasn't released yet. She used a bootleg DVD. Oh. She did. She did her project on a movie, a bootleg DVD nice. that hadn't been released. It was awesome. Took so, some balls. 3000 was the amount of money Edward spent on a new wardrobe for Vivian. But what the fuck? No. 3000 like that has no bearing or reference to anything. You want to go see 3000? That's the movie about the guy that marries a prostitute? Like, no. What? 3000? Weird. No, at that point they should have just called it Smash a Prostitute. Alien. Where could this fucking go? Great movie. Perfect. Classic. Watch it for Halloween. Great sci-fi movie. Aliens is great. Well, Alien was Star Beast. No. <laughs> Star. No. Star Beast. No. It's at the register at Big Lots. Hey! Motherfucking Star Beast! It could have been Star Beast and Star Beasts. Oh, that's fucking. Star Beast 3, directed by David Fincher. Instead of a Xenomorph, it's just, oh my God, these fucking Star Beasts. Star Beast. I literally, I think I just said Star Beefs. Star Beef. Man, you got some of that Star Beef? 2001 A Space Odyssey was How the Solar System Was Won. Great, because I love a documentary about the solar system totally narrated by Sir David Attenborough. Yeah. Casablanca. I really like this one. Casablanca or Casablanca, whatever you want to call it, was... Olive Garden. Everybody comes to Rick's. (laughs) (laughs) You want to watch that classic movie? Everybody Everybody comes comes to Rick's. (laughs) That one's fantastic. I, I and I think the Rick they're referencing a great business. is the uh, guy who gave me the Browns picture that's yeah. hanging up in our studio that's that has right. the Browns blazer, eighty six blazer. Shout out! Uh, Pulp Fiction was called Black Mask, which I not so bad. It's not, not like a terrible. Sunny I mean, Black Mask literally is a movie yeah. with uh, Jet Li, I think. But Pulp, not that Pulp Fiction really means anything. But no. Black Mask for that movie, oh yeah, doesn't really match. Yeah, uh, the Breakfast Club was lunch the lunch bunch really (laughs) the lunch bunch sounds like okay so burger king has the uh the burger king kids club with mcvid and wheels and jaws oh god yeah and then uh mcdonald's had like the fry guys and grimace and stuff the lunch bunch sounds like it would have been like carl's jr's pretty much hardy's Hardy's, the lunch bunch uh we mentioned this one when we covered point break last season point break was called johnny utah yeah which I think a lot of movies have tried to go this direction. A biopic. Where it's like, it doesn't mean anything if you don't know. the yeah. ca- Like, you could make Point Break, and then Point Break 2 is called Johnny Utah, Utah or something. But, yeah. So, 
None of those are very good, are they? No, they're horrible. I mean, and are they horrible because we've had so much time to stew in the original title? And I would say no. They're just bad. They're horrible. Star Beast is terrible. 3,000 for Pretty Woman might be the worst one ever. Everybody comes to Rick's. <laughs> one of the greatest films ever. Everybody comes I'm to so Rick's. Rick's. So, no, I just wanted to, to run over a few of those. We are a film podcast, after all. Yeah, it's pretty damn bad. They should stick with what works. I'm glad they didn't, like, redo Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which we're going to cover eventually. Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm glad everyone stuck with us. This is the, uh, the Halloween spectacular, our Halloween extravaganza, where it doesn't count towards season seven. So we've had our... It's a standalone. Season seven debut, Pulp Fiction. We will do our season seven, episode two, two. next week. Which is... Uh, are we going to say? Yeah. It's a, a classic that we should have got to already. It's a classic. A killer soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is phenomenal. I think it's the only movie starring Coyote Shivers. Yeah. Liv Tyler makes a return to the podcast. We got Liv Tyler back. Ethan Embry comes. Well, I think at this he was Ethan Randall. Really? He was was credited differently. Credited differently. I didn't know that. He was uh, the, what they call him, the... uh, Mark with a Hot C. Hot smoking chimney. What, What was it from Can't Hardly Wait? That's right. Yeah, so we're gonna do... Empire Records. Damn the man. Save the empire. Sugar high. And then, uh, yeah, so we will see you for that next week. Until then, we want to remind you to check your candy for free weed, because if you got free weed in your candy, you're lucky. Damn straight. I, I don't know where that ever came from. It makes no People sense. People are going to put drugs in the candy. Why would they do that? Now, here's the thing. Now, when I would be the one in my neighborhood that would have the most candy, like a shitload, I had like two, three bags. My mom would not let me have one bit of candy because she was afraid they were a stuffed with drugs or b have needles in it so she would literally we get home i could see being scared of needles and razor blades but she would take all the candy my mom would help throw it right the fuck out as soon as we get home in the garbage wow yeah i guess that's probably why i don't like candy as much as i do but i just yeah i don't i don't get the uh why would somebody give away their drugs i have no idea yeah so uh but watch out for free drugs yeah my mom would take me now it seems like halloween or trick-or-treat is always on halloween regardless yeah but when i was young i can remember different cities doing how trick-or-treat on different nights oh it was so Helen Helen might do trick-or-treat on thursday and niles would do it on friday and warren oh. would do it on saturday my mom would take a take me to every one i remember that I, was like, I don't need to do this but i remember when i started growing out of going trick-or-treating the big contention in Helen growing up was warren would have it five to seven yeah Howland would have it six yes. to eight. And then we'd get the shitheads from Warren to yep. come into uh-huh. Howland and fucking wreak havoc to the point where Howland was like, we're fucking shut. We're doing this on another night. And then I can remember. Or uh, same time. Which they still do it. I take my kids because it's awesome. Yeah. The Niles Halloween parade. Oh, yeah. And they used to do one at Warren. And the Warren was always a, was always better than the Niles one. But we do the Warren Halloween parade. We do the Niles Halloween parade. But uh, yeah, we're going to do that this year. It's on uh, for anybody who may want to go and, and talk to me about the podcast or anything else you'll be there uh, kevin will be signing autographs I'll be signing autographs uh giving you handshakes i thought you were gonna go somewhere else with camp- that <laughs> giving you free drugs uh <laughs> campaigning for my uh mayoral campaign one yeah. year from now that's right kevin uh, uh kevin Huby. <laughs> yes yeah so halloween parade um saturday october 30th at noon niles ohio 
four four four. I'll set up somewhere near the Sparkle or Waddell Park Sparkle Market. Is Waddell Park still a thing? It is. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, remember we played indoor soccer at Waddell Park, and they have a. uh, I do miss the public pool. Oh, that's where I used to swim all the time. Yeah, they used to have the nice public pool, but they built the rec center, which is nice. But then they like closed everything else. If we had a picture of the actual pool, that would be the picture of our podcast. That yeah. is our memory. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Until next week. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Silencia.